This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So I got an email yesterday, um, I, and I appreciate the sentiments expressed in it. Um, a woman emailed me and said, Dan, I appreciate you not smoking us up, treating us like children, and being one of these irrational optimists. Like, oh, everything's going to be okay. Everybody's going to go to jail. The bad guys soon. Um, I appreciate you telling us the truth. That email meant a lot to me. And to the woman who sent it, thank you very much. I'm bringing that up because I'm not an optimist. I'm a realist. And we are in real trouble. And anyone telling you otherwise is is just trying, I don't know, to tell you nice flowery things so you continue to listen to the show. I, I don't know why they're doing that. You're all adults. You can listen to a responsibly put together show and you can be warned about things that are happening. So hopefully we, hope, hopefully we can head them off. Why am I bringing this up today with the email? Folks, the situation in, in Taiwan with China is degenerating rapidly and almost nobody's talking about it. I've got that on the show today and a lot more. And I'll tell you why this is happening and why you seriously need to be concerned. It's not about China or Taiwan. It's about you. You know, I, I'm not here trying to scare you. That's not what I do here. But, uh, you know, the only way we're going to head off problems is if we warn you about them. I'm not here to smoke you up. All right. When I get to what happened with Facebook yesterday, too, how this was all a scam from the start. I know you all saw through it, right? Most of you did. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joe, let's go. Hit him up. Move him out. Joe. Joe's, Joe's a little optimistic today, kind of getting my pessimistic uh, leanings out of the way, kind of evening out the show, which is okay. <laughs> but I'm not an optimist. I'm a realist. Uh, and, and the realist in me says the only way we're going to head off this dystopian future is if we warn people about it. I got a story coming up later about um, what's happening in Taiwan and the distraction right now, how we could be walking right into World War III right now. Don't go anywhere. But first, I want to get to what happened yesterday with fake book, okay? As if on cue, what did I warn you about yesterday? Again, it's not a pat on the back. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to do a job. The job is to warn you about things. And when those things come true, to say, see, I told you, you're not wasting your time here. Democrats had this all planned with Facebook. They clearly knew the 60 Minutes thing was going to happen on Sunday, probably months ago. The 60 Minutes interview with the Facebook whistleblower with air quotes there, where the Facebook whistleblower was going to backdoor imply that censorship is needed on the Internet and that censorship was going to affect you conservatives. That obviously is an interest of the Democrat Party to shut conservatives up on social media, keep Donald Trump off social media and keep his supporters off there. So I told you yesterday that I, this thing whether it was formally coordinated or kind of tacitly coordinated where people winked and nodded, this was a PR effort, this whole Facebook whistleblower plot to get conservatives kicked off Facebook and to get them censored, period. Here, you want the proof? Daily Wire. Look at this article by Luke Rosiak, a good reporter. It's in my newsletter, bongito.com slash newsletter. The Facebook whistleblower, shocker here, Joe, get ready for this is a leftist activist who's represented by the lawyer for the fake whistleblower behind the Trump impeachment. Stunner. No. I'm stunned. Oh. I know you're stunned. I know. I know. Elizabeth, Joe's coming for you. I get it. Take your nitroglycerin. Folks, this was all planned. This was all a plot. It's a, a clear leftist here. Here, from the Daily Wire piece. The Facebook whistleblower, Francis Haugen, has a record of donations to far-left Democrats and a history of raising issues about purported bias while at previous employers. 
The Daily Wire found. She's working with Democrat operatives to roll out her complaint about Facebook and has the same lawyers as the anonymous Ukrainian whistleblower whose allegations led to Trump's impeachment, but who reportedly turned out to be VP Joe Biden's top advisor on Ukraine. Folks, this is a scam. I am begging conservatives out there, please do not fall in this trap and work with this woman. It is clearly a left-wing op. Clearly, the evidence is everywhere to get conservatives booted off Facebook. It's right in front of your ohos, man. That is eyes, right? Spanish key, official Spanish fact checker for the show. Thank you. It is? Okay, good. I got that right. Thank you. See, si, senor, he says official Spanish, my language <laughs> fact checker for the show. This is a scam. It's a scam. Guy is a Star Wars fan, too. It's a trap. Admiral Akbar. it's a trap. It's a trap. This is a trap. Please don't be a sucker. Here, you need more proof? So the whistleblower is working with a bunch of left-wing lawyers and is a left-wing donor. Okay, whistleblower, right? Here's proof piece number two. I want you to listen to Senator Ed Markey, a radical communist leftist, senator out of Massachusetts. Here's Ed Markey, right? Here's him just a little while ago talking about what his goal is for Facebook. This guy's in the U.S. Senate right now, radical communist, right? Here's him talking about how Facebook really needs to start taking more stuff down. Wink, wink, nod, nod, folks. Conservatives, listen to Markey first, and I'm going to play another clip of Markey with the whistleblower. And it seems like they have this whole thing rehearsed. Here, here's Markey by himself first. Check this out. The issue is not that the companies before us today are taking too many posts down. The issue is that they're leaving too many dangerous posts up. There you go. There is radical communist Senator Ed Markey talking about how Facebook should be taking more stuff down. Do you really believe this guy's talking about posts by Democrats? If you believe that, I have a bridge here in Martin County, the Veterans Bridge. I'll sell you on the super cheap. He's talking about banning conservatives now. Watch him yesterday during the fake book whistleblower hearing. Watch him and the whistleblower go back and forth using exactly what I told you yesterday. I warned you they are going to use the teen girls on Instagram line as an excuse to censor Facebook using government and pull conservative posts down so you can't speak in public. Watch Marky and the whistleblower. Marky, who clearly said he wants to start pulling stuff off Facebook right there. He wants Facebook to pull it down. You heard it yourself. Watch him use the teen girls line with the fake, fake book whistleblower in what seems like a coordinated appearance to impose more government regulation on fake book. Check this out. So you agree that Congress has to enact these special protections for children and teens that stop social media companies from manipulating young users and threatening their well-being to stop using its algorithm uh, to harm kids. You agree with that? I, I do believe Congress must act to pr protect children. Did I call? Did I call? Please go listen to yesterday's show. I told you the reason the fake book whistleblower first talked about misinformation and disinformation during the 60 minutes hits and implied it was Trump supporters doing it. The reason she said that, but then pivoted later to Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, is causing body image problems for teen girls. She did it for a reason. It is not by accident. It is now clear the Democrats and her both realize that when they ban conservatives from Facebook, they don't want to look like the free speech, anti-free speech tyrants they are. So they're going to say to every conservative who complains, what, what, you want teen girls to have body image problems? That's why you don't want to regulate Facebook? There you go, right there. The exact same guy, Marky, who called for Facebook to censor conservatives. That's exactly what he was saying is now using the line I told you yesterday to implement his devious little plot. And the fake book whistleblower is like, oh, yeah, sounds good to me. Scraggy, Scooby-Doo, give me my Scooby snacks. I told you. Again, as if on cue, this was all a scam to ban conservative content on Facebook. Here we go, Wall Street Journal. Facebook whistleblower's testimony builds momentum for tougher tech laws. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Momentum, Joe. Momentum.
Yeah. They're acting like this just generically happened as if the momentum wasn't a bunch of radical Democrats with a fake book whistleblower and a bunch of interest groups actually pushing people off the ship into the open ocean with the sharks. Oh, no, momentum just took her overboard. I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah, you lifted her legs up and threw her over. This was all a scam from the start. My gosh. You think it's an accident they had a congressional hearing ready to go the day after the 60 Minutes thing? Come on, man. Think this through. Not to my conservative audience. You're smart. To the dumb liberals listening. They had a, a congressional hearing with the TV crews and all of the personnel ready to go the day after the 60 Minutes expose. And you think this is all organic? Oh, man. How did that happen? They just must have thought of this at the last minute. Again, <laughs> like a bunch of bozos. As if on cue. This is the perfect example by one of my favorite books is um, Revolt Against the Masses by Fred Siegel. He exposes the left and he talks about the iron triangle. The iron triangle the left uses to move the narrative in their direction, right? What's the iron triangle? The media, congressional committees, and interest groups. This is the perfect, the book was written, I think, decades ago. This is a perfect example of how the left uses the Iron Triangle to censor conservatives and interests they have. They use the media, 60 Minutes, congressional committees, you saw it yesterday, and interest groups, leftist groups, Soros-types groups, liberal mega donor groups that want conservatives booted off the internet. You see how they coordinated perfectly? Media does a whistleblower thing. Congressional hearings magically set up the next day. Interest groups pile in money to do research showing that conservatives do really mean stuff on the internet and misinform people. And they hurt teen girls too. This is the perfect example. The iron triangle right here. Media, congressional committees, and interest groups. They work together like a parasite on human society to enact the far-left agenda. Here it is right here. You're all being played. And conservatives working with this woman, are you're being played too. Please stop. You're being played for suckers. Again, as if on cue, here's a Facebook statement issued yesterday by their policy communications director, Lena Peach. I only need you to pay attention to the last line of this. This is after the hearing yesterday. Facebook's official statement, quote, it's been 25 years since the rules for the Internet have been updated. And instead of expecting the industry to make societal decisions that belong to legislators, it's time for Congress to act. <laughs> uh, did I not warn you yesterday that this is all a scam? Now you're going to see all kinds of new pieces of legislation that I promise you have nothing to do with attacking Facebook and have everything to do with incentivizing Facebook to attack conservatives. There's a difference. Uh, now, fake books plan here to work with Congress, because I, I have no doubt that this was hatched a long time ago. Again, whether it was tacit, wink and a nod, open, I don't know. But I have zero doubt this was all planned planned by the liberals to get conservatives booted off Facebook. One of the useful idiots, because the left always needs useful idiots for censorship. They always need useful idiots. One of them they're going to use to get conservatives kicked off Facebook is they're going to get a bunch of fake, phony, discredited hack Republicans like the Dispatch, Stephen Hayes, Jonah Goldberg, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Chuck, Chuck Six over there. They're going to get a bunch of these dunces to work with the Facebook regime to get conservatives kicked off the platform using fake fact checks. I've warned you about that a while ago. Well, Stephen Hayes, a quite pathetic figure um, from the Dispatch, which is really a kind of a joke scam site. The Dispatch, uh, they're a bunch of fake Republicans. The Dispatch is part of the fact checking program, which is hilarious because they've been on the wrong side of just about every fact of significance in modern times. And Stephen Hayes got wrecked on the air the other day. Did you see this? Britt Hume from Fox News, who's had enough of Stephen Hayes' fake Republican BS, 
called out Steve Hayes on his working with fake book on their fact checking program to censor conservatives. Just look up what the dispatch did to the Susan B. Anthony group, how they attacked the pro-life group on a fact check to get their posts censored on Biden and Kamala Harris being avidly anti-life and pro-abortion. Just look at what they did and you'll see how fake and phony they are. Britt Hume's had enough of this guy's garbage. Listen to the, this is a, I watched this and I applauded Brit Hume at the end of it. Check this out. Uh, Steve, you mentioned the dispatch is a part of it. What does that mean? Yeah, we do fact checking on a wide variety of articles uh, that surface through a tool that Facebook provides. We do fact checking independent of Facebook as well. But we're trying to, you know, be a voice that's helping to determine what's true and what's not true. And we think we play a pretty important role there. It Steve, would be what'd you all do with the... Uh... What did, what did your fact checkers at the dispatch have to say about uh, the Hunter Biden story? Yeah, we didn't do a straight up fact check on the Hunter Biden story, in part because there wasn't enough information in those early days to, to do a definitive fact check. That's part of the role of fact checkers, determining what's factual so that you're correcting facts rather than trying to correct opinion. Well, I respect the dispatch, but w will there be fact checkers of the fact checkers? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There always are fact checkers of the fact checkers. We welcome that. We want people to fact check our work. It's good for us. <laughs> okay, this guy's a dunce. He's always been a dunce, okay? Um, Stephen Hayes, this is the actual receipt, again, for the thousandth time. Um, Hunter Biden dropping off Hunter Biden's computer at a laptop store where Hunter Biden went with his computer, with emails from Hunter Biden and photos of Hunter Biden on the computer, where Hunter Biden signed the receipt for Hunter Biden's computer using Hunter Biden's address and phone number to drop it off. Um, so Stephen Hayes is a discredited zero um, who knows nothing about nothing. And his fact check is a joke. And the only reason it applies to this fake book thing is because these guys sold out a long time ago to be considered part of the fake book intelligentsia. And what do they do? They attack conservatives using the fake veil of being where the real conservative voices out there. This is the conservative ink I talked about, cashing a check at any given moment. It's pathetic just to maintain some semblance of credibility with the swamp that hates them. It's a joke. It's embarrassing. And hat tip Brit Hume for calling this dunce out. You couldn't fact check Hunter Biden. That's hilarious. That's hilariously stupid. Lord of the idiots. Right. Big time. Big time. King Lord of the emperor of the dunces. Where's that from? I think it was like I think it was like Seinfeld or something a long time ago. It's <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> uh, listen, here's what I got coming up. Former border chief on with Brett Baer yesterday in a stunning interview, admitting what I've been telling you the entire time: we don't have a southern border. Also, this COVID story, how it relates to China, Taiwan, and what it means for you. We don't do a lot of foreign policy on the show, but when we do it, it matters. Please pay very close attention. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers, and they're all made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Okay. Um, here's just a quick video. This is an important story. A former border chief uh, it came out yesterday with a stunning interview. With Brett Baer, um, he is not, admittedly, he says he's not. I mean, I can't get in his head, but I have to, I'm taking him at his word that he's not a partisan guy. And the former border chief said, listen, the border is a total mess right now. They're doing a look squirrel thing where they're attracting all this attention here while doing other things there. I want to talk about this in relationship to my experience in law enforcement coming up after this. Check this out first. It's basically just think like football. Basically, they fake a play over here and the real play is going to the left. So when we get distracted with 15 to 20,000 Haitians under a bridge, that resulted in several hundred miles of border having no border patrol agents on it at all. That's where the cartels push the narcotics through, the criminal aliens, people that will not give up. We have over 400,000 documented gotaways, people or incidents where people crossed the border and got away this last year. 
in hundreds of miles of border where we have no idea what took place. That's what mass migration creates. You're talking about the cartels and moving um, all kinds of material, but specifically drugs in, through the border. Uh, so th- this look at the shiny thing over here happens every day. It happens every day and it happens increasingly the more that they can distract, the more that they can overwhelm our resources. So, for example, in Del Rio, the 100 percent of the border patrol agents for a couple of days were focused on that bridge. But we also keep forgetting that's a big, wide border. McAllen is still out of control. Yuma is getting overrun. You know, when I was a young Secret Service agent investigating counterfeit, you don't do protection right away. I mean, you may be a, a satellite guy on a protection assignment, but you're not the guy doing the advances right away. You're usually like a lower level guy doing airports, which are easy because they've been done a thousand times. You're like, an airport's easy to secure? It's shockingly, yes, because they've been done so many times. Um, so they give those to new guys and they give you a bunch of go buys. Here, go buy this. You do a lot of criminal work early in your career. And one of the things I stumbled into early was counterfeit work uh, because I enjoyed it. I worked in the Long Island office and the New York office, but in the Long Island office, we didn't have squads. In New York, they had a squad. If you were in a counterfeit squad, you only did counterfeit. In the Long Island office, you could do whatever you wanted. Protective intelligence, threats cases, financial crimes cases, counterfeit cases. I enjoyed counterfeit cases because, <laughs> because they were easy. Not because I was, they were just easy to find. You get the guy who passes the counterfeit, you interview him, you flip him into the guy he bought it from, and you flip him from the guy who made it. It's really not that complicated, right? You can lock up a lot of people quick. But one of the things I learned early on doing counterfeit cases is counterfeiting is a huge problem in South America. They counterfeit U.S. currency, and it gets into the United States. So I'll never forget working with the Financial Crimes Task Force and asking them, man, how is all this stuff getting in here? All this counterfeit. And they said it's the exact same mules at the southern border who transport children for sex trafficking, people into the country illegally, the exact same mules bringing drugs in. Folks, these people are multitaskers. They'll transport in a terrorist if they can. You believe what Rodney Scott just said? You should. This is a big deal. They're packing a bunch of Haitians under the bridge and all these drug traffickers, child sex traffickers counterfeit traffickers while we're paying attention to the bridge, which we should and 10,000 people. Cause we have to 20,000 people just a couple miles down the road. They're running counterfeit and kids into the country for all kinds of horrible crimes. Where are the Democrats on this? Nowhere. They're loving every minute of this. The Democrats want this. Yes, they want it. Please stop the nonsense. The Democrats want to speed up the destruction of the United States They think they can get voters by getting people on government benefits early and then voting later on to give people more benefits. They don't care about any of this stuff. These people are dangerous. They want this. And don't let them pretend they don't know. If I knew as a young 24-year-old Secret Service agent that drugs, counterfeit, kids, and illegal immigrants are being trafficked by the same mules, the same people. Are you telling me Congress doesn't know? Of course they know. They don't care. They want this. They want it, period. Not open for debate. They just warned you right there. They'll still do it tomorrow. All right, moving on. Listen, I'm getting very concerned. Again, I understand we don't do a lot of foreign policy on the show because there's enough happening on domestic shores. But I'm getting very concerned about China and their aggressive moves towards Taiwan. They believe they own Taiwan. They do not. Taiwan is a formidable military, but nothing close to China's military. And if China crosses the strait and attacks Taiwan, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not kidding. We will be very close into venturing into World War III. What does Japan then do? What does the United States do if Taiwan is attacked? What does Australia do? What does China and what does North Korea do with their nuclear weapons? This is not a joke. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. I've been thinking about this a lot and I'm very concerned. I just ordered more emergency for I'm not kidding. So listen, be prepared. We are already struggling. Supply chains are struggling. Ports are, are being backed up. We're having a tough time with gas in the United Kingdom. 
with products in the United States. Guy, was it, Guy just told me a story. He was in a store. They had a sign on the door the other day, please only buy what you need. It's the United States. We're suffering shortage, shortages of basic items. Can you imagine what will happen? You think the sea lanes and the global transportation routes and the segmented supply chain is bad now? Imagine if China invades Taiwan. The chip industry, the tech industry that runs everything. Folks, the world could literally be shut down as we know it. Now, a lot of people will tell you, oh, China's not going to attack Taiwan. They're just blustering. Are you sure of that? I explained on yesterday's show that China has two things right now that they consider almost existential crises. One for their economy, two for their international reputation. And what better distraction right now? Or forget distraction. It's actually a bad term. Put yourself in the eyes of China, the Chinese Communist Party. They're dealing with two things. A massive real estate crisis that has the potential to smash the Chinese economy to smithereens, which would lead to what? They built a bunch of towers and buildings and apartments nobody lives in. There are hundreds of billions in debt. Chinese people invested in that debt, in those apartments. They're all going to be told they're bankrupt. They're looking at a revolution if this happens. Do you understand that? What better way to distract than to do what Putin does and to attack someplace and use Chinese nationals? Look, we got Taiwan. We're back. And then people are like, yeah, yeah. I don't think they're, uh, the Chinese people are as dumb to fall for that as the Chinese Communist Party thinks they are. But they're desperate. The second thing is, it's now clearly obvious the Chinese Communist Party created the most destructive viral plague we've seen since the AIDS epidemic. What better way, again, to distract their own population from acknowledging the fact that, remember, hundreds of thousands and millions have been infected and died in China, too. What better way to distract their domestic population by invading Taiwan? Look, nationalism, look, we're winning. We got, the Ta- we got Taiwan back. And secondly, to engage in a war to get them to stop focusing on the fact that the Chinese government itself killed hundreds of thousands and millions of people. Look, evidence is coming out every single day. Wall Street Journal. Science closes in on COVID's origins. Listen to this. A team of American scientists, folks, they mutated the stem of the coronavirus genome in nearly 4,000 different ways, and they tested each variation. In the process of mutating the virus, they stumbled on the Delta variant. In the end, they determined the original SARS pathogen SARS-CoV-2 pathogen, COVID-19, was 99.5% optimized for human infection. Strong confirmation of the lab leak hypothesis. Folks, this thing was made, it was perfected to infect human beings. When they were experimenting with different mutations, they found the Delta variant to be one of them, and it was perfectly optimized for human beings. There is no way this happened through evolution. This was a Chinese effort to create something, something, a gain, a virus, a gain of function virus or a bioweapon. It is clear. Now you see like, oh, they're not going to attack Taiwan, China. They're not that stupid. Really? If they're facing a domestic revolt and the acknowledgement that they killed millions of people around the world, you don't think they'll kill more to distract everyone? You really trust the Chinese Communist Party. Here from the Wall Street Journal piece too. Part two, SARS-CoV-2 contains a key mutation. I've only been talking about this for months. The furin cleavage site. I had a guest, David Asher, on my Fox show about this. This furin cleavage site mutation, it's sufficiently complex that it could not have been the result of spontaneous changes triggered by mutation or radiation. It could, however, have been inserted by nature or by humans. In nature, the process is called recombination. A virus exchanges chunks of itself with another closely related virus when both infect the same cell. However, the National Institutes of Health database shows no furin cleavage site in more than 1,200 viruses that can exchange with SARS-CoV-2. Folks, this is a man-made Chinese Communist Party virus that could have been a potential bioweapon. It's clear at this point, China created this thing. You still don't think they would attack Taiwan to distract from their own population's revolution when they find out 
China killed hundreds of thousands and millions of people in China and around the world. When their domestic property market blows up and there's a revolt in China because everyone's been bankrupted by the government that created a bunch of fake Potemkin villages. You still don't think they'll attack Taiwan? You don't think they know we have a senile, corrupt bag of bones in the White House who doesn't even know where China is anymore? You still don't think this could happen? Folks, we could seriously be on the cusp of a world war here. And almost no one's covering it. Yeah, he brings up a good point, Joe. You think China's warning Millie? You think China gave Millie a heads up about that, Mark Millie? I mean, he gave them a heads up. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so either. See you nodding your head there. I'm pretty sure you're a. Yeah. You know what's going on there? All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, going to. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean this. Is just like uh, how the mainstream media is missing this story right in front of their faces. And believe me, I pray to you, pray to you. In the Lord's name, please tell me I'm wrong. I wouldn't dare use your name in vain. Please, please tell me I'm wrong. All right, coming up next, uh, the dangerous growth of keyword warrants. You ever thought about getting a VPN? (laughs) You better now. And then uh, a grifter who just humiliated herself yesterday, made a whole bunch of money off the Trump administration. And now, like many of them, Omarosa and others turned into a complete loser and a grifter, and it's pathetic. I want you to watch this video coming up next. It's really sad. All right. Um, There was a story in Forbes yesterday that blew my mind. I had heard rumors of this, and I've been getting some communications from federal agents on the inside who are telling me they are deeply concerned about this. The growth of what they call keyword warrants. If you, uh, you know, I know ExpressVPN is a sponsor, folks. I promise they did not. uh, They don't pay me to say this or coordinate these stories. They're a sponsor of the show. They're a good one. I use them. But one of the reasons I use ExpressVPN and a VPN in general is because of stories like this. Because having been a federal agent, I know exactly what they can do and how easily they can spy on you. Forbes had a massive story. It blew up all over the Internet yesterday. Exclusive. The government secretly orders Google to identify anyone who searched sexual assault victim's name, address, and telephone number. Think about this. I'm going to explain this in a minute. I'll go into a a screenshot from the piece. When I was working cases in the federal government, you would get a warrant based on probable cause, say Joe Armacost had robbed the bank. So you would get a warrant and you can get a warrant for things like what did Joe Armacost search on his computer or phone? Did he search how to rob a bank? The best gun to rob a bank, the best ink to write a letter. Joe's like, I never thought of that. The best ink to write a a bank letter because Joe's not a bank robber, of course. But if Joe had done that, you can get a warrant for Joe. And if you have probable cause, that's perfectly legitimate. The Constitution provides for warrants in a court when you have probable cause, you believe a crime has been committed. Nothing wrong there. It's a good thing. We want cops and law enforcement to stop crimes, right? But we want them to do it the right constitutional way, correct? What if I told you the process now has been totally reversed and federal agencies now are getting warrants to Google, not on specific people on probable cause, but just blanket searches. In other words, like a say Joe lives, uh, Joe lives up in Maryland, say in Joe's portion of Maryland, a bank gets robbed. There's a difference between getting a warrant for Joe Armacost and then getting a warrant issued to Google and say, tell me anyone who searched how to rob a bank. Right. That's totally different. Totally different. Do, do you see the difference? Am I explaining this, guys? Well, it's a, yeah. You're not getting a warrant on someone. You're getting a blanket warrant to spy on the entire state. Now, what if you Googled how to rob a bank because you're a script writer in a movie? I'm not kidding. And you wanted to make the bank robbery scene look authentic. So you put in how to rob a bank. This happened to me the other day. I was watching, not a joke. I know you may laugh at this story, but it's true. I was watching again that 86 Mets documentary and uh, the 30 for 30 documentary. It was on in the gym I was in. So I, I put my headphones in. I was listening to it. And Keith Hernandez, who former first baseman, the Mets came on and they were talking about how Keith Hernandez was, uh, had a problem with cocaine and how he was saying it was like this demon he couldn't get away from. It's this powerful drug and the experience folks. I've obviously never <laughs> on cocaine. I have no idea. 
So I'm in the gym and I, I Googled, I'm not kidding. What does cocaine feel like? Cause I'm wondering like, how is it that people throw their lives away for this drug? And I swear, I'm thinking to myself later, thank God I got a VPN. Cause people, I could get dragnetted into like a cocaine deal. I swear on my life that occurred to me afterwards. And then I see this story and I'm like, thank God you got a VPN here from the story in Forbes. While Google deals with thousands of such orders every year, the keyword warrant is one of the more contentious. In many cases, the government will already have a specific Google account they want information on and have proof it's linked to a crime. That's perfectly legit. But search term orders are effectively phishing expeditions, hoping to ensnare possible suspects whose identities the government doesn't even know. It's not dissimilar to so-called geofence warrants where investigators ask Google to provide information on anyone within the location of a crime scene at any given time. Folks, I can't tell you how dangerous this is. I can't. Can you imagine? That's a real uh, example of what happened to me. I don't use Google, but you get the point. This is a huge deal. How is this allowed? How is this allowed? I am a strict constitutionalist. I believe in liberty and freedom, and I believe in constraints on law enforcement and not loopholes around the Constitution. You want a warrant? Get a warrant. Build probable cause that someone committed a crime and then make the case in court in front of a judge. It's as simple as that. That's why I can't stand the FISA court. I think it should be banned. It's in no way adversarial. You have no way of knowing anything's even happening to you. And you could be spied on. And we've shown that the government has no ability to even maintain the Woods files. Now we find out we're doing geofence warrants and search term warrants. What are we, China, North Korea? It's a big deal. I'm telling you, get a VPN today. Stop. Don't even wait. Unreal. All right, uh, moving on. I, I hate grifters. I can't stand grifters. That's why Stephen Hayes and the dispatch bother me so much. It's clear as day they are kissing the collective ass of the leftist swamp in D.C., so that they're not targeted by fake book and others. They drive me insane. I can't stand grifters. I hate, I hate them with a passion. Alyssa Farah, the former Trump administration comms person, total grifter. She's on The View this week bashing the you know, former President Trump. A total phony. The One of the biggest fakes out there. And everybody who knows her knows it. Total fraud. Then we have this phony grifter, Stephanie Grisham, Former White House press secretary wasn't even competent enough to give a briefing. Now that she sees she can cash in on a big book deal. And by the way, I don't speak with forked tongue, okay? This happened to me. When I left the Obama White House to run for office, I was offered a lot of money. People who were there know what happened. A lot. And I was struggling at the time bad to tell their deep, dark, dark secrets. You know what? I refused. Because they weren't secrets relevant to corruption or breaking of the law. They wanted me to tell stupid stuff. Like who he, what kind of like, you know, drinks he has after hours and stuff. Obama them. And it was dumb. And I felt like it would be an attack on the dignity of the office of the president, not Obama himself. And I refused to do it. When I thought it was relevant to policy, I spoke out. I ran for office myself. I almost went bankrupt doing it because I thought Obama sucked that bad. But talking about his private conversations with his wife and stuff, I'm not doing that. I'm not asking for anybody's applause. I'm just telling you, like, I'm not bringing this up out of nowhere. But Stephanie Grisham took the deal because she's a sellout. Sold or sold. I hope the prices, I hope you got your uh, 13 pieces of silver. Maybe gold. Who knows? Maybe platinum. Here's Stephanie Grisham, who grifted off Trump the entire time, made a bunch of money, got very famous doing it, kissing the collective butt of CNN trying to hawk her new book. Check this out. But you were also there during COVID. Mm -hmm. In this totality, do you think your enabling cost lives? I do. Um, I think the way we handled COVID was, was tragic. I think that the president's uh, vanity got in the way. I, he, was, he was working for his base. He was not working for his, this country. Uh, he, you know, he didn't wear a mask quickly enough. Now... This isn't an or excuse. Or hardly ever. Correct. And this isn't an excuse, but I also worked for Mrs. Trump. And I was so proud because she was out there doing PSAs and wearing a mask and trying to push it. And 
naive as this is, I kept hoping she would convince her husband, you know, please get out there, Donald, get out there. But yes, again, I was part of that. And I don't think I'll ever forgive myself uh, with, with respect to COVID. I don't think I can ever redeem myself. Oh my gosh. What a groveling, pathetic human being. Oh my God. What, what exactly did the Trump administration, given the context of the information available at the time, get wrong on COVID? What, what can you, again, uh, it's amazing how she goes after Trump and she, uh, Fauci seems to have avoided any, uh, in that interview, we don't talk about Fauci who got everything wrong. What was it? Donald Trump stopping travel from China? Was it Donald Trump, you know, uh, questioning the efficacy of masks, which he's now been right about? Was it Donald Trump saying, hey, you know, we should take a look at these alternative treatments? What was it? Again, Grisham's a zero. She doesn't care. A total loser. And she was, you know, there was stuff she was doing in the White House that was pretty, you know, horrible, too. I'll just leave it at that. She's a terrible person. A total grifter and a loser. This is what happens. Make all your money off Trump and then bail. All right, let me get to my last sponsor. Here's what I got coming up, though. I'm now going to warn you three days in a row about the dangers of a digital dollar, digital currency. There's an actual article out now in the Wall Street Journal called Dangers of a Digital Dollar. We were ahead of this story. It's a big deal. Surveillance by Google and the government, surveilling parents for school board meetings, watching everything you do online, a digital dollar, Taiwan. Everybody needs to be ready. Shields up. Everyone. (sighs) Deep breaths, man. Deep breaths. Okay. Back to the show. I've been warning you about the federal government trying to digitize the dollar. The federal government hates Bitcoin and cryptos. They hate Bitcoin and cryptos because they can't steal it and they can't control it. So the federal government was like, well, why don't we just do a digital currency ourselves? That way we can control it and steal it from people. (laughs) And we could want, and people and suckers on the left are falling for it. As if conservatives, if they got corrupted, couldn't turn around and turn a digital dollar against them too. This should be bipartisan, no digital dollars. We will not be doing digital surveillance of the entire U.S. economy because that's what that is. Read this article, today's Wall Street Journal. Dangers of a digital dollar. Pay close attention to the conditions of use part of this at the end. Listen to this quote. Bringing commerce within a centrally managed payment system is a textbook example. If widely used, these digital currencies would give banks unprecedented power over the financial system. Without additional safeguards, virtually all transactions would be a matter of public record. Yeah. Financial privacy would be difficult to maintain. Also, since this currency would be a liability of the Fed, listen, the Fed could place conditions on its use to nudge users in desired directions. Thank you, Joe. What have we been warning about for the last uh, three days now? No, Today included. Just that. This is what I'm worried about. Yep. You will Nothing you do will be private anymore. Every single thing you buy will be a matter of public record. And because it's a liability of the Fed, a digital currency, they can say, Hey, you're not allowed to buy Bitcoin. You're not allowed to buy uh, R-rated movies. You're not allowed to buy cigarettes. You're not allowed to buy alcohol. You're definitely not allowed to buy guns. If you buy a gun, we'll have you on a list at the Fed. You don't see the dangers of this? No. If any, any of your congressmen, any of your congressmen support this, I don't care what their party or vote them out immediately in a primary or a general. They are clearly the dumbest human beings on the planet. This, you want another Admiral Blackbar, Admiral Blackbar moment? This is definitely a trap. This, I'm warning you. Taiwan, this, keyword searches. I'm proud today that we're getting this information out in front of you. This is a siren call, Paul Revere, Paulette Revere moment right now. Please. All right. Moving on. Loaded show today. A lot of material. It's going to be a lot in the radio show, too. I'm going to have the author of a book coming up on my <clears throat> my friend Matt Palumbo on the radio show today. Why? Uh, Matt wrote a book about George Soros. George Soros has been an extremely destructive far-left figure who uses his money to cause chaos in the United States for a very long time. The funding of anti-law enforcement DAs, 
the funding of various anti-police measures. His groups, associated groups, have been a singular force of destruction like no other. Well, George Soros is back again. Tucker Carlson did a segment on George Soros last night in his show and something that's going on in Austin, Texas. Why would George Soros care about Austin, Texas? Because Soros and his organizations apparently have some interest in fighting against measures to fund the police because chaos is a weapon for the left. Here, check this out. Geniuses in the city government of Austin, Texas last year cut the city's police budget. Now the police have announced they are not able to respond to crimes that are non-emergencies, meaning if the perpetrator has already left the scene. If you are experiencing uh, a non-emergency call, and I will be going over uh, specifically the ones that we have changed, uh, then what we ask that you do is to do to report those uh, over either over the phone by calling 311 or by doing it online at iReportAustin.com. In other words, you're no longer going to fulfill the most basic duty of government, which is to keep you safe. Just go on the website. Good luck there. That's insane. People actually live in Austin and put forward a new ballot proposal to fix it. It's called Proposition A. It would hire more police officers like the ones they used to have. Oh, but wait, George Soros doesn't like that. George Soros doesn't live in Austin, but he'd like to destroy it. So an advocacy group that he has founded just dumped a half a million dollars into a campaign to defeat that measure. Well, they've been talking about George Soros for the longest time. The more the left tells me not to talk about George Soros, I add two more stories about George Soros. Every time the left writes an article trying to incentivize us not to talk about George Soros, because this is what I think of the left telling us what to do. Every time you tell us not to, we add two more stories. How does that sound? Maybe three. My uh, friend, Matt Palumbo, who writes at my website, has a book coming out about George Soros. That is, I have seen the book. I've read the book. To call it eye-opening is understatement of the year. Here's a picture of the cover of the book. If you're watching on Rumble, The Man Behind the Curtain. That's the title of the book. It's coming out soon. Pre-order it now before we sell out again. We have had a massive, massive amount of orders for this book. Again, the book is called The Man Behind the Curtain by Matt Palumbo. There's a picture of what it looks like on the cover now. It is all about Soros and what Soros is really, really up to. Folks, leftists like Soros and others, these leftist groups, why do they fight against the police and fund pro-crime pro measures like uh, funding DAs who won't enforce uh, laws? The left needs chaos, folks. I can't say this to you enough. The left needs chaos. Why? A free, prosperous, safe group of people. Do not clamor for government control. They just want to be left alone, right? When you instill a sense of chaos and insecurity, people make bad decisions. They just want to go back to the halcyon days of safety and security. And if government snake oil merchants come in and sell them big government as a solution to their economic and security woes, right? People will take it. Chaos is the coin of the realm for the left. The left needs chaos to install their big government agenda. That's their, uh, that's why they hate the police. That's why they like crime in the streets. That's why they like uh, open access borders. They need this stuff, crime and chaos. It is a way to incentivize people to give up their liberty. It always has been. It's no more complicated than that. That's why they do this stuff. All right. Uh, let's see. All right, I got a few minutes. Let me try to motor through this. I know this is a lot of content for today's show, but there's a lot going on. Just quickly, too, the story in my newsletter today about uh, Stephen Moore and the threat of inflation around the corner, just the news article. Stephen Moore, it's going to take decades to undo the harms of this $3.5 trillion porculus bill. Folks, I am very concerned about inflation, too. It's another reason I have been fortifying my financial life, ensuring my food supply, ensuring everything is up to date, ensuring I am well secured um, in case things break bad, and you should be, too. Things are legitimately that bad. If we spend $3.5 trillion we don't have, you are looking at massive inflation, as Stephen Moore notes in this Just the News piece. He says, you think inflation's bad now, up 4%? Well, yeah, but if inflation is 6%, your paycheck's shrinking, and it's shrinking dramatically. Folks, if, we, if Joe Biden signs this bill 
And the Democrats in the House and Senate passed this $3.5 trillion bill or even this $1.5 trillion bill. If you are a senior on fixed incomes, you are going to be in really bad shape. Inflation is going to grow up dramatically, but your fixed income, whether it's Social Security, a pension, or whatever it is, will not. You will be getting poorer by the day. In addition, if you plan on buying a car, if you plan on buying a home, interest rates are going to have to rise as inflation gets out of control, gets out of control, and the United States descends into a third world chaos. People buy their homes and their cars on monthly payments, right? 90% of people plus go into a car dealer and they factor in what they can afford monthly for the car. Very few people pay cash for their cars. Well, what if your monthly payment is 50% interest, 75% interest, because interest rates have to go up. High interest is the only way to combat out-of-control inflation. You remember the 80s, folks? Mortgages were 10, 12, 13, 14%. You want to go back to that? You want to buy half the house you can get now? It's coming around the corner. By the way, you're a union. You collectively bargain your salaries, 3 4% raises every year, whatever it may be. How do you feel when inflation's 6%? Meaning you bargain for a 3% raise next year. Inflation's 6 so you're actually losing 3% of your money. Do you not see what's happening? If this thing passes, Stephen Moore's right. It's going to take 10-plus years to unwind this debacle because of all of the money we will need to print. They are seriously considering minting a $1 trillion coin out of thin air to print more money to spend. Do you have any idea that's 120th of our economy every year? Do you have any idea the damage that would do printing all that money? Democrats don't care. They don't care. All right. uh, Should we get to this last article? Spectator? All right. Let's do this quick. This is a good article. I know it's a lot of material, but again, there's a ton going on. I brought up to you last week this article in The Spectator. Be in my newsletter again today. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please check it out. I told you last week, what if the DNC hack, right, that led to the whole Trump colluded with Russia? The fairy tale was that the Russians hacked the DNC and gave the emails to Trump. What if the DNC was never hacked by the Russians at all? I told you, I don't think it happened. This article in The Spectator, they bring up a couple points, even more data points, showing that the DNC probably wasn't hacked at all. This is a hoax, too. Here, data point number one. Julian Assange, who had the DNC email, said himself that it wasn't Russia or a state actor that was the source of this. Here's another data point. The New Yorker wrote a piece with Christopher Steele, who was retained by Perkins Coie. It was a sympathetic portrayal, excuse me, of Christopher Steele. Well, what was in there? The second part of this thing. That not only in the New Yorker article, during the sympathetic piece to Steele, do they not say it was the Russians there, or, but they, say, they suggest there that the people who gave them the story say that the Steele sources claim the DNC hack involved agents within the Democratic Party itself. Folks, this is the next shoe to drop. The DNC was not hacked by the Russians. Was it an inside job? I don't know. Was it a Russian job? No. I believe that was totally made up. That information is going to start to break soon. Read the whole article, Bongino.com slash newsletter on my newsletter. It'll be there today. Check it out. Don't miss the radio show later today. Please pick up Matt Palumbo's book. He's going to be a guest Man Behind the Curtain, the man behind the curtain, the real story, what George Soros is up to. It's available for pre-order now. Get it now. It's been selling like hotcakes for an obvious reason. The man behind the curtain. Check it out. See you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.